Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Bellies, Babies, and Beyond podcast. I am your host and parenting coach, Debbie Fazio, and I'm so excited to bring to you a podcast that discusses all topics from pregnancy and childbirth right through into parenting. Over my almost two decades working with new and expecting families and raising my own children who are now in their 20s, I have met some incredible experts, and I'm excited to share them all with you because we all know it takes a village. Welcome everyone. I'm so excited for my guest today, Julianne Mauno. Thank you so much for hopping on a call today. Oh, thanks for having me, Debbie. I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you. Well, I consider you a very good colleague. We've Mm. done a few projects together and I'm excited to have you here. The main point of these recordings is to share my village with all the new and expecting parents. So thanks for for coming on. Before we start though, share a little bit about you, something about Julianne. Let us know who you are, what your experience is and how long you've been working in the perinatal world. Okay. Well, I work as a registered perinatal support worker. I'm also a faculty member for the perinatal support worker program, Um, but I started a long time ago in this field. So I've been working in this field for over, well, almost 22 years now. Um, And yeah, so I have a bit of a, I spent some time in midwifery um, and, but ultimately I really love the support side of things the the support field is really where I feel the most at home um so that's where that's that's what I've kind of dedicated my work to and I love you know being an educator as well um but yeah so lots of lots of different experiences I've worked in rural areas and larger areas um I'm also a mom of a large family so I do have seven children of my own um which is hard to believe so, because you look yeah. 25. So I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, I'll, I'll take that today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have seven kids of my own, which is always a bit of a, a, a conversation uh, piece uh, to have. But um, so I love being a mom, but I've definitely experienced my own challenges in motherhood. Um, and I think that, you know, of course, just some of the things that I've been through have just you know kind of fed that passion to really support other mothers and help them to have really the best possible transition into motherhood into parenthood really um because of course not all mothers identify as mothers but um yeah so any parent that is transitioning into parenthood my goal is really to you know try to help them have that really positive transition and if they are struggling just to offer that support and really you know, kind of like buffer them or be that warm blanket around them that that's reassuring them and carrying them and supporting them. So that's beautiful. I always love hearing stories that, you know, people who are in this perinatal world have been brought here because of their own challenges and struggles, and they wanted to be that support for other people, which is exactly why we're here. So thank you so much for sharing that. So today's topic is quite interesting. Um, I kind of joke around with you because when you had told it to me, I said, I don't know anything about this. So holding space and deep listening. So tell me what the heck is that? Okay. So I'm really, really passionate about holding space and deep listening. And as I've spent, you know, time with families and with with mothers, with parents, um, I've come to realize that this is 
a really key component of the work that we do as support professionals is we are essentially um, you know, basically turning our focus towards our clients. We are spending that time with them and really just shifting from our own busy lives into their space and just being there to witness their transition and their growth as parents and, um, you know, just allowing for things to be. So not trying to control every outcome and just being that person that sits in the room or is with them in that room in, in their life to witness this big transition. Um, I always tell this story that I had this client one time who was in labor and this is early, early days when I was first starting out. And so um, I got there and she said, okay, I want you to sit in this chair in this corner. And I thought, okay, <laughs> I'll sit in the chair. And she said, I don't want you to talk. And I thought, wait a minute, I have all this training. I have all these tools that I was excited to use. But I thought, no, this is what she wants. So I sat in the room and just sat beside her. And she labored and had the baby. And afterwards, she said, your presence and your support was so amazing. It made such a difference. And in my mind, I thought I didn't really do anything. But it took a few years for me to realize that actually what I was doing was holding space for her. I was sitting with her, witnessing her, and just being there with her to, you know, just to support her and to validate her and creating safety for her. And I think that, you know, that's, that's the heart really of holding space. So, okay, that's great. So to clarify, holding space and deep listening is not necessarily for the, the birthing parent or the mother, but for the support person, whether it be a PNSW or whether it be a nurse or whether it be, you know, even yeah. a midwife or a partner, it's really for them and how to. And I'll tell you, this is interesting because sometimes we put words and labels on things and we don't understand them. And I think back, okay, well, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause when I labored mm. with my first daughter, I had my mother and my mother-in-law in the room. Mm -hmm. And I remember them rubbing my legs and they thought they were being so helpful. <laughs> and I tried so hard. I did not want them to touch me. And mm. here I was now, I was the mom, I was the one in labor and I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Right. Yeah. So this is a great topic because we can actually learn that sometimes just being present and being mindful of what is the parent need and not the birthing parent need and not what we think they need is yeah. actually really important. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. So, so on this topic, tell me a couple of common problems, uh, similar to what maybe I just mentioned with the whole leg thing. And, and they thought they were helping. And I was like, please mm. stop touching me. But tell me a few problems that maybe you hear about when it comes to space and deep listening. I think the biggest challenge with holding space is making that transition from again, like when I arrive at a client's house, making that transition so that I'm really fully present for them. And so I'm not thinking about all of the things that are going on in my life. Um, and then the other aspect of perinatal work is that, you know, support work is that sometimes something will happen with your client that will bring up a memory of your own experiences. And so I have this ritual that I do when I get to people's houses where I just, I do kind of a deep breathing and I, I, I have a bit of a mantra and I say, this is not about me, this is about them. And I try and really transition into their space and just really focus on them and try and, you know, also holding space for my own emotions, but setting those aside from, for the time that I'm with the client. And then I can come back to those if I need to. And that has taken a lot of practice, you know, in That's terms great. of holding space. And I think just 
talking less, less talking, and more just being with them, and allowing parents to arrive at their own wisdom, at their own answers, at their own conclusions, just simply by really listening, like really hearing them out. And a lot of times, um, parents can really grow when they have that non-judgmental person in their space, who is just really interested listening, who is in their corner, who is not always talking about themselves and not always rushing in to give their own opinion, but who is really just, you know, you, you, you kind of get, start to realize when those opportunities are. So I always try to remember to talk less and listen more. And I think that's, you know, that's where we can get in trouble is, you know, if we're talking, 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 we're not listening enough. Yeah. That's right. Now, tell me from a birthing partner perspective, because I imagine, you know, when you're hired support person, it's a little different than when you're the, the other parent and you're in the room and you now feel like mom needs this and mom needs that. And I need to be physically doing something. Um, you know, I had a scenario where, for example, dad was in the room and he was just on his phone the whole time. And that's what mom wanted. She really didn't want him to be you know, doing anything. She just wanted him to be there. So what, what might be a common problem you've seen happen with the birthing partner that might be the, the father? Okay. So like you're looking for maybe some, you know, how can partners be better at holding space as well? Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. Because yeah. we talk about that with, with, you know, a worker, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but we want to also recognize that sometimes the, the support person is not the worker. Sometimes it's a mother. Sometimes it's a friend. Sometimes it's exactly. a sister or a, or a husband. Yeah. So or a partner. So if if there's, I assume that would would that hold true to them as well? I think it does hold true. The the sort of the scenario that comes to mind when you're talking about that is um, often in a labor scenario. If um, if the birthing person ends up choosing an epidural, let's say. Um, that is when I find everyone sort of disengages and I'll see, you know, partners will then, and they, they, you know, sometimes they need a few minutes to <laughs> regroup or they need to, you know, go to the washroom or they need, they need a bit of a break and that's okay. Um, but what I'll find is that sometimes they'll, they'll end up sort of sitting at the other, other end of the room and think, okay, well now, you know, my job is done. And so I always encourage support people to again, be that, you know, compassionate presence to continue to hold space. So I, I encourage them, if, you know, bring your chair closer to your partner, even if there's an epidural in place. Um, and then the physical hands-on labor support seems to have, you know, not be as needed. Um, be there for them, be close, bring your proximity in. So partners, it's really important, the proximity, the tone of voice, because what's happening when they're doing that is they're actually the, the birthing person's actually releasing, still releasing some of their own hormones that can contribute to that birthing process, which we know in an epidural situation is even more important for them to release, right? So I think, yeah, that's the scenario that comes to mind. But I think the idea is just to, for partners to just continue to, you know, be close to their partners, have that physical proximity. And of course, there are situations where, you know, um, that's not necessarily what the birthing person wants. So then holding space looks like honoring that situation, you know, that unique situation as well. But that's great. Yeah. Now, maybe tell us to a, a tip from a mom perspective, whether they, sh you know, her support person is a hired person or a family member. 
um, and maybe the space isn't being held and maybe they aren't listening. Any tips of how a birthing parent could deal with that scenario? That would not sabotage the relationship, but still give them right. the opportunity to say, hey, I'm not really liking this. Yeah, I think it comes down to self-advocacy. And when you're having a baby, that's really a skill that's important to develop. And it can feel a little bit messy and it doesn't have to be perfect. And if you're in labor, certainly you don't have big windows of time where um, you're able to share, you know, able to have a big conversation. But I think just saying what you need, um, you know, I really need to not be touched right now and just stick to I statements. So then you don't make it about the support person, you make it about what you need. And I think that's really um, a good way to sort of peacefully communicate that. And it's a good muscle to exercise, even if it causes momentary like, oh, okay. Um, when I do prenatal education, I always tell the partners, don't take those things personally, because, you know, it's, it's just really about responding to what your partner needs. And the only way that can happen is if they express the need and there's a train coming by. So you might hear that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So it sounds like maybe this might even be a great conversation for before a baby comes, not necessarily while you're in Absolutely. labor on the bed, but having this conversation with your support worker or having this conversation with your partner, whoever's mm -hmm. going to be there supporting you and saying, listen, you know, these are some things that I like and, and may not like, and I may change my mind when I'm on the table, but maybe you even have a code word. So you're not yeah. saying stop doing that, but maybe you, you know say flower and that means whatever you're doing, stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. tell, you know, first off before you, yeah, I wanna ask you kind of a, a question about Julianne, but is there anything else that you wanna share from the support worker perspective, the parent perspective, the birthing parent or the support parent in terms of how to be really good at holding space but also how to not hit that fine line where now you're not present at all. Right, right. So that's a really good point. So I think for anyone, you know, I think probably the answer to that is, or at least what comes to mind for me is that in those scenarios, when you're trying to hold space for someone else, you also have to know how to hold space for yourself. Because in that sense, you're kind of, your things are going to come up for you. Uh, if you're the partner and you're supporting your, you know, the birthing person through labor, the mother through labor uh, and birth, there, there are things that you're feeling and experiencing. So if you can just at least know how to, you know, give some, validate some of that and give some space for that, then I think that makes us much better space holders for others because we're not doing it at our own expense. Um, and as a support professional, definitely that's one of the key things is, you know, if I'm struggling to hold space, it's because I'm not holding space for myself enough. So, um, yeah, that's great. So that's, that's great. What and I, I think say. at the end of the day, communication is going to be the best. Excellent. Yeah, it is. Scenario here. It is. Yeah, that's it great. Is. So Julianne, tell us the big question that I hear all the time. I'm sure you hear it too as a, as a support worker. Something you wish you knew then that you know now. Something you wish they would have told you before your kids came. About my own experience as a mother or? Yeah, yeah. about your own experience. Mm -hmm. Personally, something um, you wish you knew that you learned the hard way. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is I wish I knew that everything doesn't have to be black and white when you're making decisions about your baby and about your birth. Um, and that it's okay to try different things. It's okay to, you know, persevere with certain things. It's okay 
to, um, you know, just to pay attention to my own needs as well, and not always um, do what I feel other people are expecting from me. Yeah, so That's I think good. it, yeah, a lot around. That's good. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, okay. it's okay, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> It's hard and it's okay. And, you know, it doesn't, we don't have to be perfect. Motherhood is not, we know that that's a myth, the idea that motherhood is going to be this blissful experience for everybody. And it's just, you know, and that we have to um, exhaust ourselves trying to be perfect at mothering. I think I wish that I had realized that I could give myself permission to learn and grow and take my time and listen to my own intuition and my own desires in certain decisions. Um, yeah. So in a perfect world. That. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have that fear where we have this little baby and we're so afraid that we're going to do it wrong. We're going to mess it up. We're going to break them. So, you know, you're, it's okay. Really, yeah. test, you know, gives a testament to that too, that we yeah. are learning. We, we aren't supposed, yeah. even though it's something you think was natural, we're still learning how to do and we, it. So and we time. don't have to be perfect. And we don't have to feel, you know, it's not rainbows and unicorns all the time. We don't have to feel that way to be good mothers. That's the other absolutely. thing, you know, so yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing. So Julianne, where can everybody find you? If you can share your website, sure. if you have social so, media handles. You can find me at positivebirthservices.ca. And that is my handle on Facebook as well i'm on uh, instagram as positive postpartum um so you can find me there as well thank you so much well thanks for joining us today and everybody watching thanks for having listening. me <laughs> thanks for hopping yeah. on bye everyone bye for the most precious moments well <gasps> it's positive oh, oh my honey, gosh amazing. i can't believe we're that's pregnant i'm so excited oh, that's oh my goodness awesome. So now what? Well, we contact Precious Moments Babies, of course. They have us covered from prenatal care to birth, postnatal support, and sleep counseling. Babies has over 14 years experience and a team of amazing PNSWs, nurses, and doulas. Babies is always available to help you 24-7. Visit babeez.ca.